good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we're just about ready for takeoff now, so, uh... Shit, everybody move now. Go, go, go. Inside, everybody inside. To the stairs, quickly. Everyone head to the roof. The helicopter's waiting there. Go, go. No, no. No, you're lying. That, that's what demons do. They lie to cause men of God to doubt. I'm not telling any lies now, Father. I can feel it in your soul that you know what I say is true. There's so much blood everywhere. Where be the rest of them? I... I can't tell. What is doing this, Mr. Simon? That couldn't have been done by no man, I swear it. I don't know. I don't know. From the minds of true crime guys comes Sandu Stories. Our brand new channel devoted to our previously Patreon-exclusive content, where we'll be bringing you our own version of true crime what-ifs and other audio dramas, one season at a time. Join us wherever you get your podcast on February 7th. Now, let's get strange. I can feel your fear growing and your faith dwindling. It's an intoxicating feeling. Wendigo is a supernatural being belonging to the spiritual traditions of Algonquin-speaking First Nations in North America. Wendigos are described as powerful monsters that have a desire to kill and eat their victims. In most legends, humans transform into Wendigos because of their greed or weakness. Wendigo legends are essentially cautionary tales about isolation and selfishness and the importance of community. But what happens when those fairy tales cross the borders into real life? Well, let's find out. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. The Algonquin-speaking First Nations in North America included tribes like the Abenaki, the Siksika, the Ojibwe, and the Innu peoples, all with their own versions and even spellings of the Wendigo. In most versions of the legend, a human becomes a Wendigo after his or her spirit is corrupted by greed or weakened by extreme conditions such as hunger and cold. In other legends, humans become Wendigos when possessed by a prowling spirit during a moment of weakness. Various indigenous traditions consider Wendigos dangerous because of their thirst for blood, but also because of their ability to infect otherwise healthy people, even whole communities, with evil. In fact, many won't even talk about the creature for fear that just mentioning its name somehow makes it more aware of you, and therefore you become a target it seeks to devour or infect. However, the reality of the Wendigo legends are for sure worse than the monster itself, and that's why the legend exists in the first place. The Wendigo legend was born in the Great Lakes area of both North America and Canada, areas that are known to have very harsh and long winters. The tales sprang from real situations. 
in which a handful of indigenous people were forced to take the most drastic measures to survive the long, cold, and barren winters. Tribes of people who were secluded for months at a time would have a few individuals who would resort to eating the flesh of their own in order to survive. This, of course, was seen as barbaric and evil, and the people who committed these atrocities were never the same when spring came back around. This birthed stories of caution to the next generations. In a culture that largely depends on communal cooperation, selfishness was dangerous, even deadly at times. So a story of a selfish man or woman who either failed to prepare for winter or who gluttoned themselves on the winter rations would eventually result in cannibalism and therefore become a monster. It was also used to discourage tribes from overhunting areas and to take only what they needed. The original tale describes the Wendigo as a skeleton, with skin stretched so thin that you could see every vein inside the being, eyes that were sunken within the sockets, and lips that had been chewed or ripped off. The skin lacked color, therefore the creature appeared as gray. Some of the legends claim supernatural size up to nine feet tall, along with inhuman strength. Some of these descriptions made sense because the people who actually succumbed to the sicknesses likely did it at the very verge of starvation and would have appeared to any healthy person as a walking skeleton. Wendigos were said to have the ability to mimic the voice of your loved ones in order to lure you away from safety and even claim that it can shapeshift into other animals or possibly even other humans. It was preceded by the smell of death and decay, and often was associated with heavy snowfalls or winter storms. Now anyone can become a Wendigo. All they have to do is consume human flesh. This causes them to be overcome with an insatiable appetite for human meat, a craving that can never be filled. Most of the more modern descriptions make the creature more beast-like, with it usually sporting the head of a deer or some kind of canine, likely having horns or antlers, and limbs that are far too long for its body. Some of the translations say that the Wendigo gets its size from the prey it eats. The larger the meal, the larger it grows, creating the craving of always needing more. Although most of the physical aspects come from misinterpreted early descriptions of the actual Wendigo in today's pop culture, through shows like Supernatural, Grimm, and Hannibal, and movies such as The Wendigo, and Pet Cemetery, even the video game industry has incorporated the creature in games like Fallout 76 and Until Dawn. One story from early American explorer John Tanner described an encounter with one man who the natives believed had become a Wendigo after he ate his wife through one particularly harsh winter. The man was said to be a terrible hunter and had apparently failed to provide anything for himself and his bride for some time, creating a situation so dire, the man chose to save himself. The tribe said the man was unworthy to live and should be burned, since that is the only way to kill a Wendigo. Although the only real life Wendigo that was caught was killed by hanging. Born in Alberta as Kaki C. Kutchin, later known as Swift Runner, was a popular man in the Cree community and the father of six children. He was known as a big man over six foot tall and made his living as a trapper and occasionally as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police. Over time, Swift Runner developed a taste for whiskey, due in part to the fact that the area had been overhunted and he'd lost his ability to take care of his family. He fell into the throes of alcoholism. Making things worse, Swift Runner was often an angry drunk and his drinking habits got him into trouble. First, he was fired by the police force, and then he was kicked out of his tribe thanks to his violent tendencies. 
and in the winter of 1878 to 79, Swift Runner and his family were living in Saskatchewan. When he took them out on a hunting trip, including all six of his children, his wife, and his mother-in-law. He was the only one to return from the trip in the spring, and he was claiming that his family had starved to death since they were unable to find anything to eat. However, the police were very suspicious since the six foot 200 pound man himself looked pretty well fed and far from malnourished. Their suspicions were confirmed after they were alerted by the neighbors of the nighttime screams caused by the endless nightmares that he was suffering from. So after getting Swift Runner a little loosened up with alcohol, the police started to ask him about his family and were actually able to get him to lead the police to his winter camp. The scene they discovered was devastating and told a vastly different story than that of a family who had starved to death. The camp was littered with bones from all eight family members, including the baby girl who was only months old when the family departed. Close by, there was a cooking pot full of human fat and most of the meat from the victims was gone. Bones were even broken open and appeared to have the marrow sucked out of them. Reports said that Swift Runner had killed all his children along with his wife and mother. He was tried and found guilty on multiple counts of murder and executed for his crimes. His emotionless reaction to the deaths, trial, and execution led many to believe the old legends, that Swift Runner was no longer a member of their tribe or even human anymore. And in the early 1920s to 30s, the medical term Wendigo psychosis was coined to explain Swift Runner's condition, and it was defined as, quote, a severe culture-bound syndrome occurring among northern Algonquin Indians living in Canada and the northeastern United States. The syndrome is characterized by delusions of becoming possessed by a flesh-eating monster, quote, the Wendigo, and is manifested in symptoms including depression, violence, a compulsive desire for human flesh, and sometimes actual cannibalism, end quote. Most modern-day medical resources dismiss the term since there have never been any other cases observed or diagnosed. So did Swift Runner become a Wendigo because he thought he was already one? Did he always harbor the desire to eat human flesh and simply created the ideal situation to excuse his behavior? Was he mentally ill, seasonally afflicted, starving and driven mad? Or was he lured into the dark side by an evil that no man can come back from? The overall question is, is the Wendigo real or just another hoax? I think the answer to that question is far from simple. The fact is, there really are monsters out there who have resorted to the lowest of lows, who have killed their families and consumed their remains in a selfish desire to survive. But I don't think they are nine foot tall, slender men looking creatures with skulls for heads and antlers, and talons capable of ripping you apart from across the room, as Hollywood would have you believe. I believe the Wendigo exists because we need an explanation to the actions of humans who have been driven into the darkest parts of existence. We don't want to believe that we are capable of such evils without the assistance of some kind of supernatural intervention. And that is where the legend of the Wendigo is truly born.
All right. Is that music creepy enough for you? Right? It's a nightmare right? sequence. Right? I can just imagine a Wendigo chasing me through the woods with that. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. That soundtrack. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. There's your there's our case on the Wendigo, our episode on the Wendigo, rather. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to mix in some of these, these myths, uh, mm-hmm. these folklore, these legends. Not so much because I believe in them, but more so I am... I am just very interested in the origins Mm -hmm. of where these came from. That is what fascinates me so much. Um, The way stories are exaggerated, um, the way that they come to come to fruition, like the story of Swift Runner, Mm -hmm. for instance, like that was a very interesting history lesson. I enjoyed learning about that. It's awful. It's terrible, but it does help to explain the lore behind the Wendigo. Yeah. There's some really fucked up versions of that story, too. And I wasn't sure, like... Are, are they versions, or are they just more detailed than, I don't know. than what so, we told? Because, so I yeah. just kind of laid the basis there, but right. apparently... We don't need to know the details. He, he ate a baby. I was like, about to say, like, terrifying. in one of them that talks about how each of them were killed. Mm-hmm. And, like, he he actually hung the baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then... Um, in some of them, it even talks about how he kept one son alive for a little while longer mm. and made that son participate in what he was doing. Jesus Christ, Swift Runner. Yeah. And then he eventually, because they were it's, like, he took his young son and went out and went hunting for ducks and, or something. And I'm like, if, if there are ducks, then why'd why you eat your family? family? See, and that that <laughs> puts a tally in the uh, in the column in of the maybe he wanted to do this anyways. Right? Maybe he always wanted to kill his mm-hmm. or just eat somebody, mm-hmm. and he thought, well, my family, yeah, would be the easiest thing to do, and it would you know keep them from suffering any longer. He probably like justified it to yeah. himself somehow. And then the alcohol didn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It just put him into a, a spiral of self-loathing, self-pity. Yep. Um, but this guy is—I mean, call it what call it what he is nowadays. He's a family annihilator yes, of the worst kind. I mean, this is this is nearly well. This is really worse because he ate his own family. But it reminds me of the uh, massacre on Mockingbird Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have ever looked into that case, oh my gosh, one of the worst family annihilators. I have ever read about. We covered it on True Crime Guys, but that book will be in my brain forever, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, just the horrible shit that this person did to their family. I mean, not only his children, but his grandkids as well. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, the most just heart-wrenching story of brutality, and especially involving a, a family annihilator. But it's it's interesting to see how far back these types of stories go. Mm-hmm. Though. And, I, and like I mean, you said, I think a lot of cryptids come from this type of thing, like vampires and werewolves absolutely. and things like that. But see, what really bugs me about Swift Runner is he had connections to the police. I understand he was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. right? But he had connections to civilization, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, and unless pride just got in the way, there were probably ways and ways to get work and whatnot to buy food and and mm-hmm. trade for food for your family yeah. before you take them off on this hunting trip right. of doom. Like, that, There's no excuse. Right? There's really <laughs> not. Like, the guy must have just been crazy, and the alcoholism yes. just helped him to act on it. Mm-hmm. It really and did. And, like, the, I think, like, with the well, psychosis, it's more so like it's already, it's one of those trying to avoid the outcome things. Right. 
where like you showed your future and then you do everything you can to avoid it and by yeah. in doing so you create that outcome you create that yeah i think that's kind of the way that this goes like like you said, he may have already had these desires and these fucked up thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, wait a second. The Wendigo. Yeah. Maybe he even believed in the it. Wendigo. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is it is a dark thing. Yeah. But it's kind of stupid. Like, he really didn't think this through because, you know, like they said, he came strolling back into town and he's perfectly fine health-wise not malnourished i just wonder how much of it was um him just not being able to deal with the shame of being a bad hunter being a bad provider in a time where it was so necessary well i mean he wasn't even a bad hunter though it was just that the area because so many colonists were now moving into the area yeah the area had been overhunted so he himself couldn't i'm like you can't even blame yourself for that if your food is dying off because too many people are there, that is not something you can right. control. Right. It's not like you can just get a plane ticket, go go move somewhere no. else. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you could hit the open trail, but then you, you might die of yep. starvation traveling. Right. I mean, it's a lose-lose, really. Yeah. What do you do? Um, but, yeah, I didn't want to talk all about Swift Runner, but, I mean, it's just, it's the most interesting part of this case because we know for a fact like this is yeah this is history right there are different forms of it but the first person who was like legally hanged in canada apparently oh really like by the new newly established right you know right by the new colonists yeah okay but he was the first person yeah they hanged and then they said like all the way up until where he was like actually hung uh, he was just like emotionless to the point that he like looked over at the hangman and was like, are you going to do this thing or what? It's cold out here. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. that, that was his last words. He was like bashing the hangman for, for making them all wait out in the cold. Yeah. See a sociopath <laughs> like that. Exactly. I mean, he had no remorse Nope. and he came back, you know, fully healthy or whatever. I think he was completely satisfied in what he went out to do. And I think that's where the part of the Wendigo, like, you know, changing you internally, and that's where it comes from, because nobody can consume someone else and then not have that affect them mentally. Right. Also, I mean, another mark in the crazy column is the fact that he did not get rid of the remains whatsoever. No. It's like... Right, you could have, like, took them out and scattered right? them You took or the something. police back to your cabin, and you had, you still had body parts boiling in a in a pot, mm-hmm. like... And it was the winter what time, the so hell? even if they had been actually starved to death, they wouldn't have been skeletal by the time right. the police came. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of obvious. And some versions said that he claimed like a he claimed like a a bear came uh-huh. and ate them, but still the police were like, these are just bones. Like right. a bear doesn't sit here and like eat the flesh off of it and then leave bones. That's not right. how it works. Like, yeah, exactly. The bear is just, just crunching away. It's it going to be just destroyed. It was too clean and done, looked like it had been done with a knife. And then, yeah. like you said, there was still a pot sitting there with parts of them in it. Yeah. So it's... There's just no excusing it. Was it was very stupid. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. He was... He, this man was very disconnected. Yes. Like overtaken by whatever, Wendigo or not, uh, he was... He was definitely not there anymore. He, yeah. had, he had left the human world mentally. Mm-hmm. He had no connection, which was crazy because, like, he helped the mounted police. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I say, he had well, many ties help. to civilization. It didn't help that, you know, the the people who came over from England believed in shit like this. 
Like even with their right. comparison, they compared it in a lot of early text to the werewolf. Yeah. They were like a werewolf-like creature. And that's where a lot of people believe that the uh, physical attributes came from was the mixing of the werewolf and the Wendigo. Yeah. And that's where like, sense. you know, a lot of more modern day yeah. got their shit. But um, it doesn't help when you have highly superstitious people and that's very true come over and then they're like oh wait what you you got monsters too yeah you right know? and and they're exaggerating they're shit feeding too. yeah and then they're feeding it and then i mean this is 60 years before the witch trials or some shit so it's like oh yeah you know they they're highly right susceptible to this kind of stuff yes. i guess and then Hollywood took it and ran with it and threw some antlers on oh, the damn God, thing, it and then it's so just creepy stupid. as hell. I, I was watching a little clip on that guy and that that um, the Wendigo movie was the first time that the okay. it, it, came out it like, appeared what, the 80s? with antlers somewhere in there. Yeah, it's like the late eighties or early nineties okay. or something. And they just threw antlers on it because it's creepy. But the, well, the director was like, I didn't even study the Wendigo until after we made the movie. What? So he didn't even know what the fuck it really Idiot. like, where it actually came from. <laughs> he was just like, oh, like a human that or. That's what I'm saying. Like a, he doesn't care, a humanoid I mean, type thing that's like werewolf. Like he took those things and just kind of combined them. Right, right. And threw his own little antler spin in there. And mm-hmm. then so now every time you see them, they have antlers. Yeah. And I'm like, they don't have, and they don't even look like animals in the original That stories. just goes to show you the way lore and exactly. myths can be yes. completely mistranslated mm-hmm. and added to and modified over the years. So. And then you, you know, you take that same aspect and you apply it to other things in life, like religion, mm-hmm. and it just kind yep. of uh, starts to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, that's our episode on the Wendigo. Uh, what else we we done? We done Bigfoot, right? Mm-hmm. Bigfoot episode was pretty fun. We need to do like the Megalodon. You we know? do aliens all the time. Yeah, the Megalodon is real. The Megalodon <laughs> is real. That's why we need to do it. Okay, we need some proof. Uh. Who's hunting that yeah. megalodon? There's got to be some crazy person out there, right? There's somebody. There's plenty of crazy people out there hunting Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Right. What's his name? Something Stroud. Uh, starts with L. No. Yeah, there's a Todd guy as well, but I'm thinking of the most popular. Oh, Stroud. Lance or... Stroud or oh my God, somebody's just screaming at me oh, right no. now. Les oh, Stroud. That Les guy. Stroud. <laughs> okay. That's him. Yeah. Les Stroud. Uh, yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. I remember hearing him on Joe Rogan and. Oh lord. Joe like picked on him for like three hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just feel like these people who devote their whole lives to it, it's like there's got to be something that's made them believe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. But then again... Even if it's not like the thing itself. Right. Like it's not necessarily a Bigfoot. Maybe it's a new right. breed of bear that we haven't seen. Or right. Some, you know? And a lot of their evidence, if you hear it, you're like, yeah, if it happened the way you say... Then hell yeah, Then yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> and see, they experienced it, yep. at least in their mind, the way they say. Yep. So unless you're there, but I mean, if I you know. if you go through and read cases like that, are uh, kind of like trying to prove the Wendigo. Yeah, there are tons of instances where people, where tribes killed off one guy because he was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because right. they, like he went crazy and killed somebody or something, and they just blame it on the Wendigo. Yeah, not just blame it like it was no big deal, but like that's what they would would assume happened. Right, and. I think that's where a lot of that comes from. It's like, that's the only explanation we can comprehend without thinking that people are just that bad. Right. Yeah. yeah they. Yeah. We don't want to accept that people, some people are awful. Yeah. Some people are bad seeds. We don't want to accept that. So mm-hmm. we have to make up some type of ulterior supernatural motive. That's where for that. a lot of it, I think, is born from. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fear. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, guys. There, That's what we think about the Wendigo. It's what we could find. Very interesting hist- history uh, revolving around this, this Native American legend. Mm-hmm. Even more interesting than I originally thought. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. But we got one more thing to get to. Let's get to the Lauren synopsis. And let's see what Lauren thinks. We'll see you on the other side. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's strange and unexplained. Wendigo, a mythological creature slash evil spirit, which roamed the parts that we now call. North America, uh, northern parts of America, and into Canada. Um, And this originated with the Native Americans living in these areas at this time. Um, And this was an evil spirit that would possess human beings. It had this uh, just great hunger to cannibalize other human beings. And if they didn't cannibalize you, it would possess you. And then you would then go on to have that same hunger and uh, go on to either create more Wendigos or consume other human beings. Um, and obviously I don't believe that this really existed. There's so many folklores, uh, in native American culture that are fascinating and, and really quite awesome. And we've also taken a lot of them and made them different. Like in this case, a lot of modern, modern depictions you see of Wendigos apparently have antlers, which almost every Google image I looked up of Wendigo had big, you know, like antlers that you would see on an antelope or a deer. And I don't think that was, from what I've read, it's not part of the uh, the origin. They never said anything about antlers or horns. It was more of a uh, kind of a evil spirit human with tight skin, with bones pushing through it. Pretty creepy looking as it is without the horns. But nonetheless, um, you can see its influence bleaching into our culture. Uh, there's, I can think of several different shows and movies that may have taken aspects out of the Wendigo, like Stranger Things, for instance, uh, the creature in that looks a little bit like what I would imagine a Wendigo looking like. And then also you think about like the Dementors and Harry Potter and the fact that when Dementors would come, they would suck the life out of your soul out and you would be freezing cold. There were certain aspects of the Wendigo as well that I could uh, see maybe playing a role in, you know, uh, the creation of uh, a Dementor in J.K. Rowling's mind. Um and as for the purpose of these things, I wonder if older tribes members, um, you know, chiefs and whatnot would, would have created things like this to scare younger tribes members from doing dumb things like going into the woods alone at night, you know, like maybe it wasn't enough to scare them. The idea of different wild animals that could kill you in the night, uh, something like a Wendigo might scare them more. And also it might, uh, scare you from, it scare you straight as far as being a good person as well. Because the metaphorical aspect of this, um, conceptually, they you know it could apply to a person. If you were a person that uh, others didn't like to be around because you were selfish and just drained them, you were essentially, metaphorically speaking, a Wendigo as well. Um, so I, I wonder if there was some of those aspects into the creation of this, or if it was just boredom, or you know who knows what they heard and heard in these uh, areas in the middle of the night. They might have heard screams from some sort of wild animal and just, it just, uh, 
began telling tales about what that was. And over the years, it just became more elaborate. It's fascinating because it's, there's so much to it, some details and stories regarding the Wendigo that's like, where did these come from? You know, but it was, it was cool to look into. And uh, that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right, Lauren, thank you for that synopsis as always, sir. Um, yes, I agree. The Wendigo was a very fun topic to look into. And yeah, he might be onto something there as far as the uh, legend being spread to scare young tribe members or uh, just to guilt people into being being better tribe members. You know, don't don't do selfish things. Don't be a drain on this on this society that we have established. Don't take more than you need. Right. It is a great reminder of that, if nothing else. Uh, but guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider uh, supporting True Crime Guys Productions on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Guys, And for just five bucks a month, you can get access to everything we create in both True Crime Guys and in the Sandu worlds. Uh, like Sandu Stories, for instance, which was, uh, which still is, technically, uh, Patreon-exclusive content. But on February 7th, it will hit the free platforms, not all of the Sandu Stories. Of course, some will still be reserved for Patreon and Patreon members, uh, we'll get all of this content way before it hits the free platform. But on February 7th, if you have yet to check out our, our other show, Sandu Stories, which is a audio drama, a true crime what if, if you will, uh, please give it a give it a listen, subscribe, and that will be on February 7th, just like the promo at the start of this episode said. All right, those were just a few clips from some of the episodes that will be released in Season 1. And we are super excited to share it with you. Uh, guys, also, check out True Crime Guys on YouTube. Uh, the True Crime Guys official YouTube channel. Look for the orange and teal. Uh, there are a few imposter channels up there. Uh, please don't give them our listenership, right? Come to our channel. Listen to our cases there, where the actual creators made it. We appreciate that. Like and subscribe those videos there. It helps the channel grow, and we appreciate it very much. Um, wherever you listen, if you can, please leave a review, whether it be Spotify or Apple Music or uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, even Audible now has podcasts. So if there is a way to review, to leave a little rating, please do. We appreciate that, and it helps the show grow as well. All right, guys. Uh, well, that's pretty much it. Other than that, I will see you next week for another strange and unexplained case, all right? Until then, just keep being strange. Just don't be strangers. check out all the other programs on the TCG network. Every Wednesday, a new episode of True Crime Guys proper, Strange and Unexplained on Mondays, and Full House Fantasy Football on Fridays to start your weekend. And if those aren't enough, head on over to our Patreon account, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of content, including older episodes and other Patreon exclusives like Strange Shorts, Sandu Stories, Higher Thoughts, and the 5-Minute Murder Show. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. Hey, how, do you, how do you shut this thing off? It,
Over? Gosh, yo. 